Welcome to the podcast Zero to One Founder. The series is largely about the journey of startup success and the challenges faced by ambitious entrepreneurs like you. I'm your host Sachin Jaiswal, and I'm joined in by Ashutosh. In today's episode, we'll dive into the world of startups and explore what it takes to achieve the goal of PMF, the elusive product market fit. And I'll let Ashutosh introduce himself, and then we'll jump right in. Thank you so much, Sachin, for inviting me to your podcast. Uh, I've already heard a couple of episodes, and you are going good. Hello, everyone. I'm Ashutosh. I run a company called Clapia. It's a no-code platform, B2B uh, SaaS, which lets anyone uh, build custom process apps. We're building process apps is as easy as working with Excel sheets. So, been in the market for uh, four, five years now, and um, fully bootstrapped. So, just giving all the context so that whatever I speak, you have the context uh, where I am coming from, and adapt as per your need. And um, been in the market, we are doing good business, uh, and uh, yeah, bootstrapped. Uh, plan to remain like that for some time. Uh, yeah, that's that's about me. I'm happy to be here. Thanks a lot. Ashutosh for the introduction. So we'll first start by the core question, right? By explaining what product market fit means and why is it critical for startup success. A lot of our uh, listeners would be new to startups or would be curious about the startup world. Some of them would be running local businesses. Some of them would be young students looking to start their startup journey, and it'd be great for them to know about what product market fit means. and what is its significance as they are building the startup so ashutosh i'll let you steer this how should you explain product market fit to an up and coming entrepreneur definitely so if you have to say it is basically certain hindi ki jisko jo chahiye wo do <laughs> that is pmf uh, product and market so basically product whenever you are starting a product business first you decide whether you are a service business and product business and uh, most of the startups typical the startups as we talk about tend to get into the product building right uh, because it is easier to get raise funds and there is some fundamental mathematics behind it and business sense behind it as well so people tend to build a product right and they want to sell it to some set of people right there is no product that can be sold to 100% of the population right so you will sell it to a subset of the population of this world it will be geographic it will be uh, maybe certain gender type business and all those things right so you decide and and it is important to decide that at least uh, at some point that you will sell this product or build this product for this subset of people and then you will sell it to them then you will uh, keep on getting recurring revenues from them in different forms right so deciding how to build this product right this set of features for this set of people right target market is called uh, product market fit so once you have a very clear understanding of this you have kind of achieved pmf theoretically and then you have to build on top of this pmf according to me what do you think yeah i mean very very well explained jisko jo chahiye wo do 
and i remember uh, especially there are folklores of some startups that talk about what their product market fit represents jaise i remember ankush from share chat he used to talk about it in this fashion ki लोग गुड मॉर्निंग मैसेजेस भेजने के लिए भारत की जनता हिंदी बोलने वाली जनता गुड मॉर्निंग मैसेजेस भेजने के लिए व्हाट्सएप पर गुड मॉर्निंग मैसेज भेजने के लिए हमारा ऐप यूज करते हैं फॉर देम इट वाज दैट यूजर बेस दैट इज वेरी वेरी प्रिसाइस इट्स इट्स दीज वर्नैकुलर स्पीकिंग जनता जिनको इंग्लिश यूज करना ही डोंट रिलेट टू द कॉन्टेंट इन इंग्लिश विच वॉज मोस्ट ऑफ इंटरनेट बैक इन ट्वेंटी फॉर देम they wanted to solve for a very specific use case to product banaya tha ki share chat yani share on chat on whatsapp good morning messages share karne ke liye and that was their product market fit and largely that kind of explains what product market fit means for various businesses it is an offering for a very very specific target customer as you rightly pointed out and it is a very particular offering a lot of people when they talk about uh, their product they talk about it as ki hum to india ka facebook bana rahe right and something which is as generic as that or when someone says ki i am building a platform for everyone to create ai products right something as generic as that Hmm. when we were starting nikki back then us time hum log we used to talk about it as a product which is meant of course it was meant for everyone right of course it was it was meant to be a platform for everything that you want to do uh, uh, for conversational ai uh, products and of course the problem with that approach of building a startup is if you're trying to do too many things with constrained resources you're probably not going to go anywhere yeah or go anywhere and uh, therefore it is super important ki you are crystal clear of what your product market fit is and as ankush points it out it ki bharat ki janta ke liye unko whatsapp mein good morning messages share karne ke liye hum ek product bana rahe and that was very crystal clear एग्जैक्टली exactly. और ये भी है कि जो टारगेट मार्केट में नहीं है ना वो कई बार मुझे दिखता है कि लोग कहते हैं कि नहीं ये तो मुझे जरूरत ही नहीं है तुम्हें जरूरत नहीं है बट देर आर लॉट्स ऑफ पीपल हु डोंट फिट इन टू योर पर्सोना एंड दे लव इट आई मीन शॉर्ट वीडियोज इज अ ग्रेट एग्जाम्पल आई थिंक देर आर लॉट्स ऑफ पीपल हु मे नॉट रियली रिलेट टू वाई आर पीपल सो क्रेजी अबाउट शॉर्ट वीडियोज बट यू गो टू एनी पब्लिक ट्रांसपोर्ट यू गो टू एयरपोर्ट्स एंड ऑल देर आर सर्टन काइंड ऑफ पीपल हु जस्ट लव दे आर ऑन डिफरेंट प्लान प्लेटफॉर्म somebody will be on instagram somebody will be on some other short video mod video or whatever but this, this is a market you may not relate to it but there is definitely a market and there is definitely a product which is serving that market or wo banana jo hai which and you may not be a part of that market or the product but that that exists that deciding that this marriage of that product and market is this whole pmf and everybody is tries to achieve that yeah and actually it is super important this is a very critical part of your journey to be able to really figure out ki what is your product market fit this is a very key milestone for every company and before any product becomes a phenomena right they have a pmf and a pmf is for a very specific tg mm. uh, for example instagram when it started unka pmf tha just those girls in california wanting to share sepia filter ke photos on to their social circle they just wanted to look cool that was their pmf early on and the way that the product usually works is ki once you start penetrating into one segment of customers fir other segment of customers start feeling fomo and they start enrolling into that product right and then your product actually expands to newer markets correct adjacencies expansion is a phenomena that happens as you grow um for example i think when apple started they were very clear of the tg they wanted to go after the elite 
and then gradually the middle market of us also took on to iphone and they figured out how to really distribute to that market they did bundled partnerships etc etc with the they even created an ad where a delivery person is using an iphone for food delivery and also yeah <laughs> getting it and agree agree so before a product becomes a phenomena they start small with one particular target customer with one particular product and just marrying the two together even if you start small and just build something for a very small tg but if they like it if they really really like it you will start to grow pehle right. 10% mein hoga 10% of the population hoga wo market probably then as you start expanding the fomo grips the other segment of the population and you will see adjacencies that you were didn't even believe ki wo tumhara product use kar payenge correct and then uh, you add features to make it more and more relevant to the next set of market but the first pmf sign is like feature sets problems solutions and why this is super important because a once you have pmf the probability of scale up is is super super high and so you have nailed down the formula in that case basically pmf is a formula of small success once and repeatable success and after that you can just expand from there and all and uh, yeah you can you can build it is also to be kept in mind that uh, there's no hard and fast uh, boundaries for getting either product or market because market keeps on changing and product has to digest that change right so for example just maybe 7 8 years back or 5 years back as well uh, there were lots of internet products that were not for uh, the bottom of the pyramid uh, in terms of uh, their uh, internet penetration right so people had internet but for basic very small 100 mb of data uses and all but you know uh, the market changed because of geo and uh, you know cheap internet and all so all of a sudden the product that you had and the market that you had in 7 years back has changed drastically because the market has changed so now you may uh, add more um, videos and video contents or high data uh, games and so on because the market is used to consuming more data right so that that changes as well is rapidly changing absolutely i mean product market fit is not static it definitely changes as the market changes i think right. we saw that around that time pehle online payments was only meant for people like you and me who had debit cards or credit right but then once uh, once you happened people had access now upi ka ek naya revolution aaya and now there was a new solution for a newer market and now Correct. the delivery boy is very able to do online payments i was shocked i think last week i was sitting in the cab and that cabby was actually using uh, paytm or google pay one of these apps and was transferring money to someone he knew and as this shock yaar yahi to hum karna cha rahe the that's old <laughs> that's old news now <laughs> okay so we'll come to the next piece which is the definition and components of pmf right matlab what are the various core components i think we mostly covered this in the intro section but like what are the components of pmf how do you go about simple components are like target market kya hota hai एंड हाउ डू यू रियली अंडरस्टैंड की वैल्यू कैसे डिलीवर हो रहा है हाउ डू रियली गो अबाउट अचीविंग कस्टमर सेटिस्फैक्शन एंड आई थिंक टिपिकली पी एम एफ इज अचीव वेन एवर देर इज अ स्ट्रॉन्ग मैच बिटवीन द प्रोडक्ट एंड टारगेट मार्केट नीड तो हाउ डू यू गो अबाउट असेसिंग दैट इज देर एनी फ्रेमवर्क दैट यू थॉट अबाउट और इज देर एनीथिंग एनी लिटरेचर अराउंड इट right so i'll share my experience uh, and just again a disclaimer that i have never worked in b2c companies i have only worked for hardcore b2b companies <laughs> so my stories will be around that only so take that 
in context so for uh, me what we did is uh, so my product is uh, no code platform which is itself a uh, very broad in nature and become more and more difficult to actually build a pmf or get the small set of features because you want a huge set of features uh, that will uh, fit to the requirement of huge set of use cases right and then it was definitely a difficult in terms of pmf and initially when we came across this pmf stuff and all we are like okay how do we do it it's very difficult especially if you want to solve a problem like so um, but it eventually happened i'll tell you how we did so the first thing that we did is we identified the problem that we are trying to solve so problem in the sense that we identified that uh, people need lots of software solutions internet is anyways penetration is going high and there will be more and more demand for software development but there aren't enough good software developers who can actually build everything from scratch back end front end mobile app and everything because there are so many components including security so this is a place where people need certain solution for sure and easy software development is the place to go because it is highly rewarding as well in terms of money people pay a lot of money for that so that is the first thing and we decided that we'll be there and we are still there i mean we haven't changed uh, a lot in terms of this problem solving now there were two components uh, of it one is product the other was uh, market and we were open on both front so product wise we were open in terms of uh, feature set so what features will come in what order was not decided by me i am i was the kind of uh, pm product manager for this product so but i didn't decide uh, a lot of features right i created channels for this features i'll cover them later but was very flexible apart from the initial set of features what are the things that will come in the product platform and the second one is market so we were open to lots of market so there are several sectors we still deal with i mean i know investors hate this a lot but we are sector agnostic in a quite a good sense and uh, we take care of multiple sectors so what we did is we said that okay here are the sectors where people need software a lot and custom software not the standard accounting hr software where people need customized software and it is highly underserved for this following markets and this is the kind of problem that we are trying to solve for this kind of markets and this is the set of product features that will have and the products features had 40 50 features set and all but we didn't build all of them we started with an mvp and then started fine tuning on both fronts market fronts as well as product fronts this is typically not everybody does but we did it uh, a lot because we didn't really decide on pmf from day one that here are the set of features for our pmf no so here is the market kept fine tuning in fact we kept eliminating the markets that we will not go into so for example we don't really sell to lots of colleges and uh, custom solutions to colleges or education sector in general or maybe sometimes um, medical sector sometime uh, there are a couple of more sectors that we have decided that we will not be actively selling to this sector or trying to target even if we have customers in those and on the product side what we did is we didn't build um, software just because the ceo came in the morning and then said hey build this set of features i didn't do that ever so what we used to do is uh, we said okay this is fundamentally how we will build this uh, platform this is the reason now i'll keep selling it to different customers we'll try to sell and whoever pays money easily right 
no matter what is the amount there were times where uh, we used to work for 15 days and the ticket size was just 5000 rupees a month it didn't make any sense in terms of finances but the fact is that we were in early pmf if somebody is ready to give you 5000 rupees right there will be thousands of customers who will pay the same amount but once the your product is ready the finances will start making sense right so that we did a lot and we kept building software so we used to sell a feature first and i was very fortunate to have a co-founder like that where i have ever given 10 days timeline one week timeline whatever it will not slip by even a single day so he used to build by that time and kept selling and our feature set kept on accumulating based on the revenue that we got so every feature had some money value attached to it and it happens in b2b in b2c it's very difficult Uh, but in b2b it's uh, quite easy because people love to pay in b2b a lot right no matter what is the amount and that's how we achieved the pmf yeah so i think this is a great sign of pmf right if there is a customer willing to pay uh, value it's a clear indication ki he's finding value in what you're offering if a customer is willing to pay it's a clear indication that he's definitely finding value to what you are offering yeah and that money can be anything right so there are examples where we had ticket size of some 2 lakhs per annum and then we used to say and initially it happens a lot where they ask for certain features and we don't have it and we didn't refuse that we didn't have on this right we said oh we have it it will cost you 500 rupees per month additional when the ticket size is 2 lakh 500 rupees per month is fundamentally 6000 rupees why will you really charge for this so it's is because once you put money like this 6000 additional just for this smtp setting so you will see people refusing for even for that 6000 then no i think i'll manage without this feature so 6000 10000 we kept giving as add-ons and these add-ons were not developed these add-ons were given as a discouragement cost sometimes a lot sometimes a little based on what we wanted to do what we didn't want to do so if we didn't want to do the encouragement discouragement cost was very high so that the person says no i don't need this so that way the prioritization is also a validation ki agar wo particular product ke liye ek specific feature ke liye they are willing to pay then it's also like prioritization was very clear yeah five, even 500 is like clear validation ki they are willing to pay enough for this and they are willing to pay and they used to say no if you buy a car you will actually go and see that they have lots of accessories and if you buy 10 lakh car you will see that there will be people who will refuse uh, to an accessory that costs only 500 rupees 500 is nothing in front of 10 lakhs but people refuse but it gives a very clear indication what people value more right and that's what i kept observing and uh, that has worked a lot and and uh, today we have a feature strike rate of some 98 99% which means 98 99% of features of clapia are used by some customers or the other So there's no feature I can uh, count one on top of my head that nobody is using. But other than just one, there may be a few more here and there. But uh, I, I remember one. There's no feature in Clapia that is additional. People will keep on asking even after this many years. Yeah. So this is a way for you to also avoid feature fatigue. Yeah, exactly. So if you are building a product, willingness to pay is a clear indication of a product market. And you will see if you talk to our customers, uh, they write different reviews everywhere else as well. you will see that um, they get surprised by the set of features that we have they say some set of features are very obvious and they say oh how did you think about this because this is the next thing that i wanted 
and that happens only when you actually hear customers and build later you may lose certain customers at that point of time because you didn't have the features but because people are asking right set of features we kept building those set of features and even today our roadmap is not decided by me or any product manager and all we have channels to digest those feedbacks from the customers partners and all and uh, there is a clear roadmap what we need to work upon and obviously there is some component where we work on gut feeling and oh, what's your, what's your experience in terms of pmf I think I kind of completely agree to it. So willingness to pay is a very very strong and very pivotal measure of whether or not you are building towards PMF, right? And I think even in in B2C companies, so a lot of this is been lost in today's day and age with zero interest rate policies. And I think especially in B2C enterprises, only the ones who've been able to raise money have been able to build. And so this concept has been lost amongst most uh, B2C entrepreneurs. He why get to pmf and if getting to pmf is the way to go then how do you really go and prove that there is pmf i think even for b2c startups there is a very clear way to actually validate ki pmf is there or not right for example if swiggy is starting a food delivery company one way that swiggy can just say is ki you know i'm only going to monetize when i scale because this is a at scale business monopoly ho jayega agar hum scale kar lenge and right now if i start charging customers it will be too tough to justify but then inherently you know ki will customers if you go and sell this to a customer in bilwada if you tell them ki bhaiya 100 rupaye ka kachori jalebi ke liye 50 rupaye ka delivery fee do if they are inherently not willing to pay there's a clear indication that even though the, you have a product that may be working for some other market but it is not working for this market right and that is a very very clear indication of pmf similarly if ola started up today Uh, the way for them to go about validating is ki bhaiya koi digital hail ke liye extra pay karna chahta hai ki nahi karna chahta how important is this for them and especially in content right which is dependent on ads for them it's very very tough commerce mein to there is a very clear indication ki you know commerce mein transaction hoga clear indication of pmf agar customer is willing to pay extra value for what you are offering and for big basket it was delivery for dunzo it was whatever delivery and and so on and so forth but then clearly in case of content companies फॉर देम इट इज की वो पैसा तो हम एड से कमाएंगे एंड एड्स ओनली हैपन एट स्केल सो देर इट इज सुपर इंपॉर्टेंट टू फिगर आउट भैया ये हाउ डू यू रियली असेस की पी एम एफ है कि नहीं वेलकम टू द साइंस ऑफ दोज पी एम एफ सिग्नल ऑल्सो बट I'm just going to pause here. I have a joke for for that. <laughs> Obviously not mine, but uh, I read somewhere and discussed with other Bootstrap founders. So, for lots of B two C companies, the market PMF of M is not really the actual market they are selling to. Their market is the next set of investor <laughs> that they are pitching to. So, uh, the product and the positioning, everything depends on that. Where uh, how will they will raise the next round of funding, and because of that, uh, lots of mistakes happen. Yeah, yeah, and I think there have been multiple ways in which people have tried models to really assess PMF. For example, there is a famous book called Lean Startup that talks about ki PMF signals kya hote hain and how do you really assess ki PMF hai ki nahi. And there they draw a pyramid where they talk about the components of the customer. and then the components of the product right and then in the components of customer they talk about ki target market kya hai they talk about ki value proposition kya hai these are the components of customers which go into a pmf and then there are components around product which is for these value proposition what are the feature sets that you need to build and if you build those feature sets how is the user experience going to look like and then 
what does the end solution look like and those are the different components that actually go into getting to a pmf which is a identifying what the target market is b identifying ki value proposition kya deliver karna hai and then come to the feature sets then come to key user experience kaisa hoga and then eventual product kaisa hoga and i'm sure even for you the answer to this would have been different for different set of customers even within enterprises right for example um someone like a swiggy may not be the right enterprise for a diy app right because they are an engineering heavy cult they want to build things themselves but then of course within swiggy there could be some components that they might be willing to use a diy app a solution it's about build and buy right so many times uh, if they get immediate revenue so nobody will use a diy no code platform if they are trying to be next swiggy at least at a later stage initially for uh, mvp and all they can do because it's a core of their business they don't want to uh, outsource it right so because ultimately if you buy some other product you are outsourcing the core work so the software that generates direct revenue for them big company will usually not try to buy from somewhere else right will try to build because it again requires lots of exploration where our kind of platforms fit well is the place where build versus buy problems comes so if you especially for internal processes it's not worth building because if you have this many resources you will try to put them on uh, nobody has nobody in this in entire world no company has enough number of software engineers right if they have it they will put it on the next critical projects and also so they will try to uh, buy some software and people are realizing it more and more so wherever they need to buy something and building becomes very expensive they use platforms like us and even with companies like swiggy I, swiggy is not direct customer but there are companies like them which are purely in software business yet they use our platform that is what i was coming to even in swiggy for one of their internal processes they might be willing to use a no code platform because right. roi of actually building deploying their own engineers into this would not really be justified and it may be not be a user of uh, facing application for example it could be ki restaurant ko they will make more money from the same set of people somewhere else that is the difference i mean it their roi may be justified but if they have this set of people they will just put it in, in their critical projects the next uh, set of features swiggy is building at a rapid pace right uh, so they will put there rather than trying to build something for internal process absolutely and of course it also depends on what they are getting with that trade off right so for example if to onboard a delivery partner they may be completely willing to use a no code platform because it doesn't make sense to make it very very fancy right right, right. or if they may be willing to have control over the code because they want to do xyz and again those kind of things would be the trade offs that a company would be willing to do but then of course we have seen very very fancy diy applications also being built for example shopify is one it's a standardized platform for all d2c brands that they can simply use and get started with their web presence with their online presence and it's just completely diy i'll tell you a funny story about this so tata projects is our customer they are in the fifth year now for four years they have been they, they became our customer uh, in first year only and they have been very good customers because they kept on using it a lot they have some 100 plus applications on clapy until now and uh, when they actually signed the contract i'm talking about first year we were not sure whether they will buy or, or not and the first thing we asked is you have tcs why did you buy clapy <laughs> and then the person explained so even if somebody has a proper software division or maybe a different i know it's a different company but this is a question i actually asked uh, once we closed the contract that okay uh, why don't you go to tcs exactly <laughs> and then he explained why 
Okay, so and there is a nuance here. You talked about different segments of customers. So we talked about how enterprises use DIY for some processes. I'm sure when you started out this company, you thought a TG would be someone like a small or mid-sized business, right? Because who would not have the capital to deploy roles on engineers? Okay, they would be the right TG to start with, right? I mean, initial thoughts, yes. But our third customer was one of the big fours, Fortune 500 company. and they paid 90000 us dollars oh wow okay the first two customers were not even close we couldn't raise 90000 us dollars we tried to raise fund at that time and it was so easy money at that time i was like oh we have the pmf now but it was not revenue is the best source of funding this is an unofficial funding for us right an unofficial they were our angel investors uh, without any equity and all and we were like very very surprised so only with our third customer we felt like we should target enterprises right but it was just i'll say timing or uh, you know some few things work i mean that is what uh, i call that uh, false uh, pmfs because it was a great example of false pms so we chased a couple of more customers like that for a couple of months and we couldn't close the next one right and then we realized that it was just a stroke of luck let's not try to replicate that and we have now customers paying more than 90k we eventually got got more customers like that but at that time it was we didn't have very mature product extremely difficult to replicate the same set of customers so then we went back to so as i said that I, we did not really fix the market at that time we kept swinging between small and medium enterprises we basically heard everybody whoever said i need a software we try to go and sell it to them and then while discussing we kept figuring out that probably we shouldn't try to sell to it because we will not be able to have a recurring revenue from the same product which is the core of a product software product business so you saying you decided not to sell to large enterprises because you couldn't have the same recurring at that time at that we not to replicate the same customer so initial set of customers were small and small but eventually we also got lots lo- lots of customers even in the first year we got tata projects and all and uh, lots of large customers fortune 500 companies became our customer so uh, it's not like today we don't have that very very large i mean lots of big names i uh, i can name as well uh, bharat petroleum adani panasonic tata projects all these large enterprises very good ticket size are our customers the reason is because we didn't stick either to small and medium or medium or enterprise investors used to get pissed off hearing this okay you don't really know where you are selling to and and fundamentally that's the behavior if you read that lean startup i'm obviously you have read core of all these things is same don't be over confident about pmf or about anything don't just wake up in the morning and then think decide that okay i have figured out everything i know what needs to be done you don't know if you knew uh, i mean sundar pichai wouldn't uh, give a red siren for that chat gpt even he didn't know so if he, <laughs> he didn't know you couldn't know so it's better to be a little pragmatic it's better to be little less confident and explore the market on your own and keep building based on the the data that market provides rather than uh, just being overconfident perfect so that creates a segue for the next part of the discussion which is identifying your target market and and here the importance of identifying and understanding your target market is super important right and of course i'll come to the why of it first before i dig into the how of it okay so i'll come to this part of identifying the target market right of course so while initially when you are figuring out your pmf you explore different markets and then you have a solution in mind 
and then there are different markets that would require that solution you started with one hypothesis but then saw ki other markets would also need but once you decide to scale up right at that point in time what are your thoughts on one market versus another right because of course the gtm is going to be very different for example uh, for smb markets the cost of running an enterprise sales motion is probably going to be very high for b2b startups and therefore the distribution for that is going to be very different versus in case if you're going to go enterprise first then for them you would rather focus on only and only enterprise sales motion hiring like a bunch of experienced folks who have network in the industry and then going after them through an enterprise sales motion and one on one sales versus in case of smb you would probably look for digital sales low touch sales so that the roi fits and you can do this at scale so a lot of this is going to be very different i'm assuming for different markets and then of course there is a compounding effect also right uh, you get recognized as a brand for a particular market and do you see those trade offs in your mind as you're evaluating different markets and do you have like a, a focus on concentration on one segment of market versus the other not really i mean so what happens is being bootstrap is sometimes blessing in disguise so that is statement number 1 the other statement is that strategy and strategy under a budget are two completely different things right so if you tell me to be an advisor to clapia right a consultant to clapia and advise to clapia i'll give me so many ideas and as a ceo i may not be able to implement that the reason is that when you have limited budget at the end of the day on a daily basis as of today my only job is to decide how much money to put where i have limited money because we are a bootstrapped company right and because of which even if you know something is right so for example you talked about enterprise sales motion now enterprise sales motion is a great strategy for a product like us right however it requires a lot of money right uh, sometimes it may be million and none of them may work right so you may not hire that you may not hire the right person you may not have the right set of connections or maybe the people who you hired didn't make the right strategy and if you just spend there and that return doesn't come the company may die at that so as a bootstrapped company if you have to survive you don't take that strategy even if you think that strategy is correct right for a product like us uh, what we did is that we neither focused on sme nor on uh, large enterprises non or very small companies or one person companies we tried to make an inbound sales motion which means we wrote lots of content we positioned ourselves in different platforms and all and we let people discover clapia talk to us through our chat channels and all when today you will ping clapia on our website sometimes i may reply uh, so i look into each and every message that comes on the platform so that i know what the customer is thinking about right and all the last enterprises that i talked about all of them are inbound by the way so we don't have an enterprise sales motion even today uh, no enterprise sales person so typically people discover us and then we explain to them what it is 70 80% they already know the product because they try it themselves it's a diy platform and for advanced questions they come to us or they come to us for commercials so i have more number of users how how the, does the pricing work and all sometimes we go and visit them as well if the ticket size is very large and all but as of today we have built more around inbound channels because that's the best thing we could do with the limited budget that we had and the beauty of this model is that there will never be a point where somebody left the company your best sales person left the company and the sales is zero or 
goes down to becomes zero close to zero and all it becomes a flywheel model where people just discover there is certain revenue certain set of people who sign up certain percentage of people who stay on the free plan certain percentage of people who stay on the paid plan and we just keep working on the strategy to make sure this keeps on working automatically and that's what now we have started sponsoring events uh, hiring people who sell to enterprise and all because now we can afford to do all those things but even if we just do nothing in terms of doing sales our product will still make money that is the stage that we wanted to achieve that is the target so uh, to answer to your market question that whether it's a large enterprise or small enterprise or small business if a person in that company is willing to take the pain of discovering a product and try build a diy solution uh, that person that champ is our target market whether is in a big company or a small company perfect so i also wanted to talk about the other part which is techniques around identifying and understanding this target market right matlab Uh, market research customer interviews and data analysis i remember at nikki when we launched the first version it was a chat first application and it was appealing to the millennia population right and then we realized ki while this is a vitamin for this millennia population it was rather a pill for a very different population which was the bharat market as we saw who could not speak or read or write english right and like for example my dad he was not very technologically savvy but wo youtube par bol kar gaane bana lete the and then we saw ki there is a market that actually prefers a conversational interface and if we build a user experience for this market it will help drive adoption of digital services in that market and to really understand that market we started doing deep user research we went to different towns we went to bilwara we went to towns in bhagalpur in bihar and we went to different cities conducted market research we spoke one on one with customers all of us in the leadership team were there trying to understand what is the pain point that they were dealing with what was the experience that they were dealing with and we realized ki while well, user experience was just one component of it there were other components of the value proposition which needs to be different for this market right for example online payment we thought if we solve for user experience puzzle the online payment adoption will get solved but then we realized for them they had a innate fear of online payment kyunki paisa agar fas jayega to they know ki paisa wapas aa jayega but their cash flow will get stuck and for them you know people who did not have a lot of disposable income if 2000 rupees gets stuck for 4 to 5 days in the bank it's a problem right and therefore distrust for online modes of transaction and therefore we realize that the solution is not just the user experience solve but it also has to solve for a value proposition that they want and that was beyond just the user experience they wanted just for digital payments they also wanted ki transaction na fase and so some of these things we saw and then we when we did these market research we, when we went and spoke with the customers we actually realized what the target market's needs are what their preferences are and then we were able to gain better momentum in solving for that market just because we spoke to them and actually did on ground research uh, to figure out what they want i'll be honest when uh, you know i heard about it. so for audience uh, we are batchmates from it kharagpur and a couple of founders of nikki were my batchmates as well so we were in talks uh, how things are going and all and at that time as a an end user i was not very convinced about um, this whole voice based uh, search or chat or shopping and all those things uh, i'll be honest there um, but then i went back home and then i saw my niece using the mic on youtube okay and when you see uh, kids then you realize that okay what exactly means 
the right market or uh, right set of customers right so she knew how to type but she never used the typing on youtube she always kept on this and we typically don't uh, use the mic option on youtube right we use the same app but i was like okay nobody will use a mic on youtube and then in tv it makes sense in tv you don't ever type right you only speak right at that time uh, it came to me right oh it makes sense uh, probably because i am not in the right target segment it is not making a lot of sense for me but for the right set of target customers it it makes sense you will see the same thing with the, the kids uh, preferring video call over we don't do video calls we love audio calls more than video calls but kids you will see they like video calls more they prefer more they don't really value audio calls so it all depends on the kind of people you are solving for yeah absolutely with that i'll move to the next segment which is building a valuable product right how any entrepreneur can actually use these feedback to iterate on their product and create a solution that resonates with their customers right uh, and i'll give a popular example i think all of us we know about this company called instagram right instagram they weren't really a social network when they started the gram was just a filter for creating beautiful photos but then over the course of iteration when they were talking to customers when they iterated on their product they realized their customers also wanted ways to share this share the photo that they created and then they were sharing that on facebook and then first they made it easy for them to share it on facebook and then they realized he if we allow the customers to just share it here they can create a network and make a captive network effect based business and that was the game changer the, around that time there were tons of apps that were doing the same thing which is just allowing you to create beautiful photos create add filters to your photos but then this one insight just stretched them into a billion dollar outcome just that insight and 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 we always surprised at that time right when we heard that oh they facebook quite this company we didn't hear about and at least i didn't hear about instagram before it got acquired <laughs> yeah yeah and now they are like a 100 billion dollar market cap alone instagram now it all makes sense now even whatsapp acquisition makes a lot of sense yeah yeah and the next piece which is the customer validation right again in case of customer validation also once you build something right how do you really know if this is working amongst the customers you do market research you speak to the customers you will discover what they want and uh, specific customers would want specific sets of features so you iterate over that and go and speak to more and more customers and you will gather that feedback once you identified a particular segment of customer then how do you really do identify whether or not that feature set has actually worked in that customer base how do you go about that i think i have covered that uh, for us at especially for b2b uh, the people pay a front right and payment is the best uh, way to validate whether people are valuing your product or not there are lots of things that people do sometimes uh, lifetime deals sometimes giving things for free or cheaper we still have uh, slightly higher price than our competitor because uh, we didn't want to become a cheaper version of some other competitor and so that we understand that what is the set of features that people value right and if people are paying twice so the first payment can happen because you have a charming sales person they have some immediate need or maybe the product look good uh, they didn't evaluate well so the first payment is still sometimes easy second payment customers will not get i mean for my customer success team i have given the target as the second payment that your parameter for success is second payment if somebody is renewing 
it fundamentally means that there is a value of this product in their life so the most difficult payment that we consider is the second payment and till we get the second payment our customer success teams doesn't remove a customer from their task list so b2b i mean straightforward people pay people renew that fundamentally means they are valuing the, your product and set of features and obviously if uh, they are using certain set of uh, features there is a, a uses there is an upsell uh, all these are second set of um, indications that they value the product yeah and i think uh, even for b2c startups that are not really monetizing early on or even b2b startups that are digital first and they start with a freemium model for example even for them there is a clear way to identify and validate what their strategy is right which is they can do beta testing with a very core group of users and i think i was once toying around with video platform and i did a very low cost poc ki assembled zoom and asked people to just join into that and i wanted to create an a stage experience so i reduced the volume of the participants and these low cost methods are actually a great way to validate so that you a you fail fast b you fail at a very low cost and therefore you are able to validate uh, things up front so the best failure is the one which is the least costly and therefore it's super important for anyone going after a particular market to figure out ways to build low cost pocs to do beta testing with a very small user group uh, so that you know you get feedback and iterate and then build on top of it and and for us we did similar stuff where uh, we didn't have any workflows workflows is very important component of any enterprise software so we had no workflows at all initially and during the discussions whenever they used to ask something we actually went and coded in the backend just for that particular customer okay so we kind of gave the service to them whenever they asked for for a cost right and after a point of time we had an obvious set of workflows that paid well and then we built on top of that today we have a very rich set of features for uh, workflows that's how we went yeah which brings me to the next point which is iteration and continuous improvement once you have pmf the iteration and continuous improvement that you do how do you really go about it right and like there are no ways to really identify it but i mean if you look at it there are companies that have done great by just solving for that right for example tiktok the first avatar of tiktok was an acquisition from a libsync uh, platform uh, i don't remember the name right now but it was a libsync platform that tiktok acquired so it is musically so musically was the app that they found and then they started iterating on that and suddenly they became tiktok over time over years of iteration they became tiktok and it was this journey uh, before tiktok the parent company was into a bunch of things including news and what not but short videos was not their core and then iteration is what led them to where it was they, they completely used the uh, data science techniques to figure out what is working what is not working and then continue to iterate on the recommendation engine and reached where tiktok is today and it takes a lot of effort lot of work that is covered in that lean startup where uh, just remain open minded and then keep iterating based on uh, what people ask for or maybe what you observe from the, you can't really ask customers a lot in terms of b2c b2b it's quite easy but uh, yeah you just go through the data you observe patterns and then keep building on top of it in iterating yeah and then which brings me to the next point which is how do you measure pmf i think we've discovered it enough we've talked about how a paying customer is the best measure of pmf signals 
but then there are other small micro signals also like customer retention is something people use as a segue engagement is another way that people use to measure pmf especially in b2c apps which are not really generating revenue early on referrals is a great way that people actually measure signs of pmf and like if you are a company that is driving 40% 50% retention in 3 month and then you are seeing customers refer to their peers and you are seeing referral rates of over 10% month on month i think that's a great way to if a company is showing those signs it's a great signal that you are actually on to something big you are seeing uh, high signs of pmf referral is always i mean referral is common i think in uh, all sectors whether it's b2b or b2c or b2b2c Uh, so on so people if they like certain product uh, they invite other people they talk about it uh, to other people and they inform other people that they have figured out this awesome tool and platform and and so on so referral is i think the second best indicator uh, of of a good pmf yeah and once you have pmf right the next step is the easier part which is the 1 to 10 or 1 to 100 journey which is scaling with pmf and once you have that you will find investors being attracted to your startup you will see scaling up of customer acquisition efforts you will see expanding into new markets and these we've seen multiple success stories around it that once you've achieved pmf once there's a market which is willing to pay for what you're building there is a big scope for growth following that but getting to that pmf is one of the key and then there are multiple challenges and pitfalls that you see as you reach there and i think i'd love to hear what are the challenges what are the common pitfalls that people make in their journey to pmf or in the journey to building a startup so for pmf i'll say there are enough information on the internet to understand how to achieve pmf and all but sometimes uh, in emotions people actually forget those funda that this is how what they need to stick to so the example that i gave right once you see 90000 us dollars don't you think it will be very obvious that you should target enterprises but what if you don't get another 90000 in the next 3 to 6 months so it's like when you get a crisis right typically i think one major learning i had was um, indicators of uh, wrong pmf so uh, so pmf is is a continuous journey there is no point of time where you say uh, you may have pmf for getting 0 to 1 but 1 to 100 may have a different set of pmf you may also include services or consulting or other things to get from 1 to 100 that uh, people advise but at any stage there will be lots of false flags so this example that i gave that uh, all of a sudden we had 90000 us dollar customer and the other people are not even ready to give uh, 1000 2000 us dollars you don't know what to do next and money is the obvious thing so you just start changing the 90000 us customers and that would be a wrong decision if you had done at that stage because we had to build a right set of features to sell to a large set of customers right so that is one signal the other one is uh, some segment where there is an obvious need but there are enough players okay so for example there are lots of no code platforms that actually fell into the trap of building a very very niche solution there is no problem with building a niche solution but building a solution that is already there in the market so for us crm is an obvious trap CRM has a huge market there is still some market you still make some CRM application you can still make millions of dollars right but if you as a no code platform you try to build a CRM you cannot really beat a CRM which is existing in the market until unless the company has some very unique requirement that fits here 
right if somebody is just looking for a crm and he is trying to build a new crm on a diy platform the only reason he has come to you is to get a cheaper option right and that's a trap you don't want to be just another cheaper option for some software same happens with attendance so attendance uh, applications came into a huge demand during covid and everybody was looking for i need digital attendance solution digital attendance solution people were looking for uh, digital shop options to build using a no code platform and at that time we were still in exploratory mode and we were not sure because there is so much demand whether we should go in that direction or not there is demand there is product our product can be customized to fit to that demand but there is already a huge set of customers in that market right so there are attendance application hardware software and everything the only reason people were coming to us because they needed something urgently and they needed something cheaper and that's where if somebody is looking for a cheaper option and you are just providing that option that may be okay for temporarily and you get payment you get uh, repeat customers and all the it will actually fit all the ticks yet it is not pmf because you are not trying to build an x crm as a no code platform you are not trying to build a crm or attendance based application even if people are using we still have crm customers and attendance customers but they have very unique need they don't need just another crm or attendance applications and that is a pitfall that you should avoid and we learnt it at the right time i would say not early but at the right time yeah and i think misinterpreting customer feedback is one of the biggest pitfall that exists yeah. <laughs> uh, i think uh, one finding a signal and then thinking that this is a clear signal for a big market but then wo 90000 wale aur customers mile nahi and and that was one similarly even for us at nikki i think building a product without a clear market fit was one common pitfall that we made we were like we were excited about building a cool technology and that was the start of nikki of course we later on corrected it but building a product without a clear market fit is one of the biggest pitfall that we see and most of us are engineers and we are just excited about building and we just go ahead and build it anyway right and that is another common pitfall and prematurely scaling without getting to a pmf is again another common pitfall and now, of course all of these mistakes are something that we have done as a startup entrepreneur i have done as a startup entrepreneur and and i know how critical it is and you know if you treat it as like a science right there is a set of hypotheses i need to validate that hypothesis and if it is validated i will scale if you are clear with and true to that model you will be able to figure out ki kya chalega kya nahi chalega and even if you pivot it's fine right for example slack they started with building a gaming application called glitch and then were not able to find pmf and they just pivoted and created slack from whatever they had left with and they were using a messaging application internally and they just started slack from there and now they just became like a big company out of nowhere no one thought that enterprise messaging was a need but they are such a massive 27 billion dollar company i think the real reason i have observed the close set of entrepreneurs i have interacted with is being emotional or being uh, self motivated right not willing to give up this is a double edged sword and it works uh, when you are in the right direction but it also kind of misguides you so there are so many good stories right where people they stick to that particular thing till the last moment and then things turn around now it can be because of pivot it can be because of timing it can be because of some phenomena like covid or demonetization or whatever right but there are so many success stories that 
many times because of the default optimistic nature of entrepreneurs the same thing works just against them because they are not ready to pivot they are not ready to go to some other market or maybe realize that this is not the perfect time or they are just sticking to technology and not trying to sell the product to the right set of people i think that is the core reason behind this pitfalls that we all keep getting into yeah So that brings us to the end of today's episode on achieving product market fit. We hope you found our discussion insightful and gained valuable insights into what it takes to find that alignment between your product and the needs of the market. Thank you Ashutosh for being part of this podcast. Uh, really enjoyed this conversation and uh, um good luck to you. Thank you so much and I love the conversation. Looking forward to meet you in person very soon. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Have a nice day. Take care.